Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The Maxson Brothers, Nate and Aaron, here with you. I am Nate, and that is Aaron. Hello, everybody. And it's another edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I already said that. This is actually episode 205 of the show. And this week, we are going to continue our format. We've been kind of rolling with the past few episodes where Somebody picks a match of the week. We discuss the match. Eh, not necessarily the match, but little things from the match. And then um, mainly the, t- the talent involved. It makes for good conversation. And then also this week we have a top five. And it was selected by Archie Mitchell, who is not here. He's probably watching a foosball game right now. And that's fine. But the top five was top five TV series of all time. And um, at some point. Next time he's on, maybe we'll have him run down his top five quick for us. But nope, he doesn't get to. He let me lost the opportunity. He's, he's forfeited his opportunity. Yes. But yeah, this is a this is a nice little uh, our our podcast. I think is a nice little getaway for all the senseless violence and shit going on in the world that we live in that seems to never get better. So we're just here trying to bring you some entertainment. Yes. Why did something happen today? No, I'm just talking about, you know, you got the war in Ukraine and now this shit's going on in the Middle East that will never end. Will never end. But anyway, that's not what this show's about. I don't pay attention to that stuff anyway, you know that. Our match of the week, I I picked it. And I actually picked it blind. I, I don't know that I've ever actually seen it. And ironically, it's like the second AWA match that's been picked. Yeah, and I also was like, I didn't think he picked it blood. I was like, oh, man, Nate picked this match just so he can shit on Ron Trongard. (laughs) (laughs) I have some shit on Ron Trongard. I know, that's what I thought at first. I'm like, he just picked this so he could shit on Ron Trongard. (laughs) (laughs) The match took place December 27th, 1987, Las Vegas at the Showboat. And it is the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, against what is billed as the original Midnight Express, Dennis Condry and Randy Rose. And this match is, uh, it's, I don't know why I expected it to be better. And it's not bad. It's not bad. I just, I expected it to be better than it was, which is why I picked it. I saw it on a, I was scrolling through YouTube watching something else and I saw the match there and I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know these two teams had a match. Yeah. And, um, like one of the few notes I have is that Dennis Condry's awesome. And like Randy Rose, I just think he's kind of basic, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't think he's got the world on fire or anything, but he wasn't like a terrible wrestler, but he wasn't like the greatest wrestler in the world either. And part of it, I think is like just in your mind, when you see the rockers versus the midnight express, you're thinking, Oh, this is going to be like the rock and roll and, Midnight Express or whatever it is like. Yeah. Dennis Condry and Randy Rose is a different team than Condry and Eaton and Eaton and Lane. You know yeah. I mean? And, and again, I'm not saying that anybody in this match took a shortcut. I'm not saying it was bad. It also could have been a little more, what do I want to say? A little less hundred mile an hour than I thought it would be because I, it was an actual television match. It was from the AWA TV show on ESPN. And it's yeah. for the AWA tag team titles. And you were saying about Randy Rose. 
we'll get into uh we'll get into the stuff with the nwa too with the original or yeah with the quote-unquote original midnight express and paul Heyman. of course that'll come up in the conversation so i have some I actually do have something to say about him but quick on the match, what I wrote down, it's 17 minutes of really good tag team action. I wouldn't tell anyone not to check it out. Again, you can look it up if you just type in the Midnight Rockers versus the original Midnight Express. This is what's going to come up on YouTube. Um, and actually, to be honest, the best the best move in the match or most effective move in the match is actually involves Randy Rose. There's at one point Randy Rose gives Shawn Michaels like the haymaker clothesline where Shawn does the does the flipper Rooney. Man, he hits him. If he didn't hit him stiff, it looked like he hit him stiff. <laughs> Which, I mean, it was probably a combination of the both. Um, I think those guys weren't the most pop. Shawn and Marty weren't the most popular guys back then with the older with the older crew. So it might have mm -hmm. been a they were they were a little arrogant or you should i guess you could say but um like i said the match itself it's a it's a good solid match um i think just going off what the fans how the fans are reacting and signs and shit like that i think like because i don't i don't not an awa historian at at all but I'm thinking they put them out for a little bit or something like they won the belts from them and probably put them out because there were like signs saying the rockers are back. And, and that is probably, it could easily, it could even have been, and I'd have to get my, my time straight. It could even, because the rockers came into the WWF in 87 and then, you know, it's the classic whole, yeah, those boots are made for walking story with that's nice boots. The boots are made for walking. And then they got fired like they got they got fired like their second night there. And then they went back to the AWA and then they very quickly went back to the WWF. So they actually could have even just have been gone to go to the WWF and, and they're back now because they had gotten fucking shit canned. Yeah, that might be it, too. I just like I said, I just noticed that. And um, it's funny because if if Vern Gagne. I'm not saying he would have like you know been able to like compete with Vince like dollar for dollar, but if he would have been a um, more with the times or b smart enough to be like I'm not with it anymore. I don't know what the fans want, so I'm gonna step back and let somebody else do it. Even if it was Greg, because I mean you can say what you want to say about Greg in the ring. The guy to me. Seems like he kind of had a kind of had a mind for the business, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I think he gets lumped up as being like old or whatever, but his dad was the guy that was behind the times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because like in '87 they had a they had a pretty good roster. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like they, had, they had they had Condry and Rose. They had the rock the Midnight Rockers. Kurt Hennig was still there. Zabisco. Um, I think was Slaughter Sergeant there. Slaughter. Yep, Sergeant they Slaughter. A, they had a good fucking roster of guys, and if they would have just like been, do you get what I'm saying? Like if yeah. Fern would have figured out this isn't the '70s anymore. But look at look at the talent he had just before Vince's expansion. Literally, Vince's roster one year later. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like he just like he 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 was the one who Vince raped the most of talent. 
So he had the talent. He had the talent on multiple occasions to do to do to to keep his company alive, and he just didn't want to. Like, oh, they gotta have the crusher, or they gotta have Bachwinkle. And I'm not knocking Bachwinkle or the crusher or any of those guys, but it's like you've been running with these guys for 20 fucking years. Your audience grows, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it. Um, like musicians sometimes will get a bad rap with it, you know. Like, um, this is gonna sound stupid, so don't whatever. Um like an example, like if you look at like some of them kid, like I don't know, not kid music, like yeah, kid musicians, like musicians that chilled like, like Disney stars, like a Miley Cyrus or something, like they'll make this music and then they'll start getting outrageous or whatever, and like people and parents and shit will be like, that kid, that girl was supposed to be for the children or that guy was supposed to be for the kids. It's like well, those kids aren't gonna be kids all the forever. Right, you know what I mean. That that child star is not going to be a child forever. Yeah, it's like I can't keep doing this kid shit. I got to move on with my audience, or I'm gonna fucking be nothing. You know, and it's just um, as an entertainment industry industry, you have to go with your audience. And Vern Gagne would not go with his audience or with the trends. It was just I don't know if I'm babbling, but. This is what yeah, I he, think. He, he wanted to present it the way he'd always presented it. And uh, anybody that's ever been in business knows that the worst expression you can ever use as a business person is that's the way we've always done it. Yes. It's, the way you've always yeah. done it now is boring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like the AWA, like I'll watch it and there'll be like these great matches like you'll watch this like this really good match it, 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 or like a great promo. And it's because that's it. like promo and in the ring is when the wrestler has control of their own um, entity or whatever, you know, but the stories and the way it's presented, they have nothing to do with that. And it's just like, God damn, Vern, you had, you had a great thing if you would have just went with it. I'm Rod Trongard. Yeah, that's a trouble. And what he like? He was like, "We're on the ESC, ESPN actually, network." Did you write down what he said? Because I didn't write it all down. But it's like, my God, man. He's like, yeah, it's like we're on the ESPN network, the all sports network. It's all sports all the time. Sports. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then he's like, it's like from America to Egypt to Egypt to Africa to Africa. To Somalia, to Somalia, to, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I actually like Mick Karch, by the way. I, I'm actually, a, I do, I do like Mick Karch, but I just can't. That Tron guard, and then, then you know, you, you're watching, and it's like, well, no, nah, that's all right. I'm just have to watch him in the, in the AWA, and then you're like, oh, ooh, look at this match. There's a match from Madison Square Garden between. You know, somebody and somebody. I want to watch that. I'm Rod Trongard for the World God Wrestling Federation. It. Fuck. God damn it. When you make <laughs> Ed Whalen seem like Jim Ross, Rod, fucking horrible. <laughs> Rod Trongard is the one guy where you can pr- look and prove that Vince McMahon just took people from Vern just to take people from Vern. Like, there was no reason to hire that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's still, I, I think he's still alive, and I'm sure he's a fine gentleman. I'm not attacking him personally, but as a commentator, Ron Trodgard can piss up a rope. 
and I think he was when I don't think he was I don't think he was a wrestling guy initially. No, I think he was one of those he was one of those guys that was that was a radio guy, I think. Or probably worked for a station and just commentated. And every once in a while you'll get one of those guys that's really good. And then every once Gene. in a while most times, huh? Gene, that's where Mean Gene came from. Yeah, Lance Russell. Um Dave Brown. I can't remember if I can't remember if Cottle was. Uh yes, Cottle was a radio guy too. And, like you'll get guys like that, but then every once in a while, or you'll get like an Ed Whalen or a fucking Ron Trongar. Yeah, it's a Rudy Toot Toot Hoot or whatever. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's yeah, a fucking... Ramalama Ding Dong <laughs> sing song. Yeah, it's like shut up. Or Big Jim Hess, you'll get one of some of them motherfuckers. It's like, what the fuck? Um... But anyway. The the match, like I said, this match is is good. It has the it has the fuck dusty finish. I don't know. Like Aaron said, I'm not a big AWA history guy. Like he isn't. So I don't know if next week on TV they said the original Midnight Express were t- still the tag team champions or what. But they end the match with like a ref bump, and then there's another ref that does the count from the outside. But there's not even the the what you say the other guy's name was Rich Chet commentary. Uh, Mick Karch. Yeah. The guy was like, that was like a two count and there wasn't even a bell. Like, like, I don't think he knew what was going on. And I was like, either either that or he was setting it up for next week's TV. I think he was like, I don't think, I think he thought that wasn't the end of this match. It was just like, and there wasn't like any good angle of what was going on. Like, they really don't even, the ring announcer didn't even say anything definitive. The ring announcer was pretty, he just was like, Midnight Rockers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what 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 are you saying? <laughs> it's like if you're gonna do that's the other thing too, like say what you want to say about Vince or whatever, but even the NWA, if they were gonna do a um integral finish like that, there would have been it would have been caught. You know what I mean? That camera would have been right down there seeing it. You would have been able to see it just like when they do in NWA, when they do over the top rope stuff or whatever, and they wanted it to be like just a quick thing that you that like the commentators didn't even mention or whatever, they'd pan out far and do it that like if they couldn't get the close angle, they'd just shoot the entire ring to where you like there's that thing where um, Tommy Young goes over the rope and um, Arn ends up getting thrown out and he hits him and that's how he knows that he went over the top rope. You know, the camera panned out so you'd see it. It just mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like like I said, if they were trying to tell a story in this match with the ending of it, they bungled it because you couldn't fucking see what happened. Yeah. It was kind of Bush League. The um we've talked about Shawn Michaels and Marty Janetti at length on lots of our shows because we're we're fans of the Rockers and we're fans of those two guys as wrestlers. So I guess the main focus that I'll ask here, this original Midnight Express team, Condry and Rose, and I know we said Condry and Rose aren't Condry and Eaton, and they aren't Eaton and Lane, and that is true. My question was, when you look at, other than the initial initial angle, because it's fucking great, they did it perfectly, where the original Midnights come into Crockett, 
and attack the Midnight Express and Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette and everything. That initial angle is is especially for that era of wrestling is so cool. It was like it was almost like a hot shot thing and and you know it was unpredictable and what the fuck is going on and blah blah blah. Other than that though, are you and again, everybody knows I'm a fan of Cornette, I'm a fan of the Midnight Express. That feud was kind of a letdown. It was, and I think and I don't, because, I don't, I don't like Corny as a baby face either. But and that, in certain aspects, is fine. But um, I think what happened there was uh, that was like started started firing up, and then Dusty got fired, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, and so they kind of like the guy that was so that, for so, it. So then, the guy, yeah, so then George Scott came in as the booker after Dusty, and I don't think he liked it. And it, it wasn't, I don't want to say it. Bookers, a lot of bookers are um, kind of egotistical, and you kind of got to be, you know, to be in that environment. And a lot of it's like, if it's not my idea, I don't, I'm going to shit it. I'm gonna shit can it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'll even do that with guys like Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lawler. Both admitted like every six months when they'd flip, except for a couple guys, they'd see be like, "See you later, you're not my guy," you know. Mm-hmm. That's not my angle. So I'm mean, like, like you wouldn't fuck with like the Golden Goose. Like they wouldn't go, "Oh, I'm taking over now, so we're not gonna have Lawler Dundee." It's like that. That both guys are gonna admit that's the fucking money, you know, right. that type of dude, but. I think that's what and happened. I, I I guess you're right in that respect because if you if you watch at that time because I, I I've actually that's kind of a time frame that I've been one of the time frames I've been watching right now is 88 89 and um, if you watch in that time frame I see what you're saying about the Booker thing because when Dusty was still the Booker they had the Rocket strapped to Sting and or Luger and then George Scott came in as the Booker. And they pushed Sting down to the TV title, and they pushed Luger down to the U.S. title, and they brought Ricky Steamboat in to feud with Flair for the world title instead yeah, of having. George Scott was like, "I worked for me in 1978," and I'm not saying that. That's an example of. It's still a good idea, you know, because obviously they had three of the most classic matches. They had the best three match series probably this country's ever seen, but. Um, Dusty getting fired, honestly, is kind of not talked. I don't know what made me just think about it, but that's kind of what's not talked about enough about being like the nucleus for. And I know it happened a long time after, but it's like the downfall of that company because after he gets fired, that's when like you hear about like, oh, George Scott came in. Oh, we don't like him. He's gone in like four months. Jim Hurd's here. He doesn't have a fucking idea what's going on. Oh, let's bring in Bill Watts. Bill Watts. Ole Anderson. Ole Anderson and Bill Watts. Then this guy. And then then and, we're gonna bring we're gonna bring Dusty back, but he's gonna have to be on a committee. Yeah, like Dusty was the was the he was the wrestler that was able to like talk to like executives and shit because he was charismatic and knew what was the, going on. What I, what I what I would say what I would say was the I would the only thing I would detract on Dusty was by eighty seven 
it was time for him to just be the booker. And I think he would have eventually done that. And but because, you I know, just, you, you know, when you're on your second go around with the Midnight Rider. Yeah, I'm just, I know. I'm like, just saying. <laughs> like I said, I think he would have eventually done that. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he was like kind of the consistency of it. Mm hmm. And then get rid of him, and then you could they couldn't keep consistent after that. And it took him to get up to Bischoff, and Bischoff was consistent for a little bit, but then he wasn't how do I say it? Like he had a great idea, and that's all he had. He had one great idea. Yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't so, go any further than that. So just like dust, like like I said, I think Dusty was kind of like, I know, like I said, it happened like 10 years later, but. I, I, I and, kind and, of, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, we trailed off, but I think that's the what happened with that midnight midnight thing was it wasn't his idea, so he wasn't going to deal with it. Plus, that I don't person, think, I don't think Cornette and George Scott got along. And then, of course, uh, because of all of that, Dennis Condry one day just said, I'm not fucking coming to work anymore. Bye. Um, so they kind of put the kibosh on it. They had Randy Rose team with Jack Victory. They got Yeah, that was the other it. thing. That was the other thing. The blow off wasn't even the original Midnight Express. Mm -mm. It was and actually it was actually the new Midnight Express versus the newer, newer Midnight. <laughs> yeah. And the, the funniest thing about that, too. Is it's kind of funny after that happens because it's a you know the loser the loser gets fired the person that takes the pin gets fired or whatever and Randy Rose takes the bullet for Paul E and then it's funny because okay so then they have Jack Victory start dressing up in a suit and he's Secret Service Jack Victory and he's with Paul E a couple of weeks later they bring they bring Randy Rose back. And he says, I, I got my lawyers and I'm back. I had to pay all these legal fees and get myself reinstated, blah, blah, blah. And Paulie's like, well, who's going to be your manager? And he's like, who's going to be my manager, man? I took a bullet for you. I took a bullet for you and blah, blah. And, and you got to stay. You didn't have to go through all the legal fees and paperwork and blah, blah, blah to get back. It's kind of it was kind of cool. And the crowd actually was popping for for Rose. and. So they have this thing where Paulie fucked him and that's funny and it's cool. And the crowd's actually into him. And then the next week, the very next week, they bring out, they bring him out and they bring out Jack victory, secret service, Jack victory, but he's not in his suit. Like they just put him in like a lame green jumpsuit. Like that would have nothing to do with him being in the secret service. And then he beats Randy Rose. And it's like, what? Like this, what a terrible, like, and then they fight again the next week in some tag match and he beats Randy Rose again. And then Randy Rose is just gone. <laughs> this poor guy. It's like, I'm out all this money. Can't get a manager. <laughs> I keep losing all the time. It actually is a good idea. But like I said, it was probably fucking Cornette or Paul's idea. You know, and George Cow's like, wow, I don't think it's going to work. But Anyway, like I like I said, I've everything I've heard of that guy. Um, he had a he had a good mind for the business at the time that he was in it, and then it was kind of like I don't want to say like the only person that really really liked him, I think, was Vince. Yeah, from what everything I've heard. 
But anyway. Well, like that's the, it. The, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, that was the end of the match. Um, I think it was my turn to pick the next match, I think. I believe so. Um, and I'll send you and Archie the link for it. Um, but unless you had anything else in the match, I'll just unveil what that match is. Sure. Um, it's from 1979. Um, Stampede Wrestling. It's Stan Hansen versus Antonio Inoki. Hansen versus Anoki Stampede. Yeah. I was All like, right. this is this is a match obviously that's happened a lot, but I was like, that's weird. In Canada, Stampede Wrestling, Hansen Anoki. I don't think we've done a lot of shit from the seventies either. So I know it's yeah, still it's like, 79, but still, and I don't, I don't think we've done any stampede shit that I know of mm, at least matches that I don't think we, if we did, it was a long time ago. We may have watched like a Bret Hart match or something from stampede, but it was many, many episodes more, ago. You might be getting more out of from me. Cause I found us guys got a bunch of shit. It's like this Ooh, is the whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Ring a ding dong Rang sing song. Ding dong. <laughs> but that is it for the match of the week. Like I said, check it out on YouTube. You can look it up. It's the original Midnight Express versus the Midnight Rockers from the AWA in 1987. Good match to watch. Again, not it's not it's not a five star classic. It's not something where you're gonna go, man. That's one of the best matches I've ever seen. But you're gonna watch it. And you're gonna go, you know what? This is two good tag teams having a good tag team match until the convoluted silly finish. Yes. Which in in somebody's mind, maybe that finish was great and it got fucked up in in translation. You know, you never know. It might have been. Yeah, it might have looked great on paper. <laughs> I think it probably did. But like I said, the camera work was atrocious for it. I think. So now, like I said, we will go into our top five lists for this week. Our top five list for this week is going to be TV shows. Top five favorite television shows. And I'm sure at some some point, someday, we'll be like, let's do our top five funny TV shows or something like that. But this is just broad-based favorites. And I, I, I was a bad, bad boy this time because I brought a lot of honorable mentions because it was hard for me to pick five, but I picked five anyway. And then I think I have like five honorable mentions, but. Well, I mean, TV's TV. I mean, it's, it's something that's, um, anybody that's alive now, it's something that's been in their life the entire time they've been alive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people say it now, like, Oh, you put this kid down in front of these screens or whatever. It's like we were still watching the Muppet Babies and shit like that, you know, and fucking Fred Rogers. Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock, which was fucking awesome. One of the best theme songs of all time. Goddamn Fraggle Rock. <laughs> um, like, I know all the words, and sometimes I'll just find myself singing it in my head because I'm like, I liked that better than the Muppets. Like, that shit was Fraggle Rock was funny, but it's like, under, 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 un yeah, underrated kids' show, Dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just shit like that. It's like it, it, it's more now than it used to be, you know, just because it wasn't like in your hand the entire time. And sometimes you you, you only have one TV in the house and it's like you're just going <laughs> to. That's the other thing. Like I, I've 
hung out with friends that have small children and dated girls that had kids or whatever. And it's like the child controls the television. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like this kid's show will be on and I'd, I'd be like, Oh, I want to watch something else. And they'd be like, Oh, you can't change that. They've got to watch fucking, uh, rescue dogs or whatever the fucking thing is with the dogs and saving everybody or what, you know, that type of shit. But I can remember back when I was a kid, man, you'd be watching something. One of your parents come home and they'd just be like, you're done watching this. Click. You're like, (laughs) okay. You know, go play or something. Like I'm watching this now, but um, I'm going a long way to say that just, it's hard to just pick five shows because you have, for one, you have the eras of when you were, of your age, you know, plus like just, it's hard to just limit down to three or an entire lifetime of watching something just to five things. But I mean, again, like I said, one day, one day we'll go into more detailed lists, scale down lists where we could, you know, break down a different genre or whatever. And that, that, you know, eventually that'll come, but do you want to start or you want me to start? You can start. Okay, number five, and there's probably going to be people that are going to go, wow, of all the TV shows that are ever created, this is your number five, and I'm going to say, yes, it is. And I kind of judged my top five because I had, like I said, I had like 20. I had this list of 20, and I was trying to break it down and agonizing over it. And I kind of, like my top five, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make my top five just the five shows that I go back and watch the most over and over and over again. It's kind of what I did. Number five for me stars Eugene Levy and it's Schitt's Creek. Fantastic show. Schitt's Creek. Um, <laughs> tweet us on Facebook. <laughs> tweet us on Facebook. And everybody has a everybody has a little gimmick they have, you know. <laughs> and they're all funny. Like there's not yeah. a not funny character. <laughs> like the guy Bob. that runs the guy. Yeah, Bob, Bob, when he walks up onto somebody, he's got that little like his character isn't the funniest character in the show, and it's not supposed to be, but he has that little trot when he comes up <laughs> to see somebody. Um, it's kind of like too, like we talked about with uh with like Mike Judge stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like King of the Hill or um Office Space or whatever. It, it's 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 like a um a broader version of it, but it's a show where it's like everybody on it's like I know somebody like that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like and, and the show is just funny. And the other thing I like about the show is and it, it was your pick, so I'll let you talk more about it. A lot of times in shows like that, they'll run with the gimmick of these people think they're better than everybody else for too long. Yeah, they're not there that long before they realize we are in no, the same boat. No, these people. <laughs> and that that's that's actually one of the things that I found so redeeming about the show was you know when the show starts, like David and and um and why am I blanking on the sister's name? It's okay. Um, anyway, those two are so unbelievably shallow, and as the show goes on, the great thing that show does is they still are them in the ways that make them funny. But they, as the show went on, they added layers to those characters and made them not so shallow. And you know what I mean? Like they just, they gave, like, it has great character development. 
and like you said, that's what I like about the show is like they they all they all adjust at different at different um, uh, paces or whatever. Like I think Eugene Levy's character assimilates quickest to it. Yeah. And I think he, that's because he's the, he's the one his, it's, his character it's because, also didn't always have money. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And he's the one, he's the one that worked hard for all of their money. So he's the one that realizes the quickest, the fucking situation they're in. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like the premise of the things funny that that's the, they bought the town because they thought the name was funny. And that was the only thing the government didn't want to take back from him. Cause it was, you, it was worthless. Like this is worthless. <laughs> Alexis, that's his sister's yeah. name. Sorry, it's just a good-looking chick too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just it, it, it's a great fucking show. And like I said, the the characters they don't make them, and and you kind of had to do it with that show. Like they couldn't be smug forever because it's like you get you eventually got to like these people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And. I, I just think it's a great show, and anything that gets me Chris Elliott on my TV, I'm cool with. <laughs> that fucking dude's fantastic. Um, yeah, just like I said, overall love the show. It's really funny. It's really, it's really good. It never jumps the shark. They ended it at the perfect time. You know, they 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 didn't try to go too long with it, and um. The, I don't know if you know this or not, because I know you probably know that the kid, the dude that plays David is Eugene Levy's son. Yeah. But did you know the girl that plays Twyla is his daughter? Yeah, I knew that. I read that. Okay. Like, while, like when I was like, oh, man, that girl's kind of funny. I've never heard her. I'm down. Who is she or whatever? And I'm like, oh, that's his daughter? Like, <laughs> Eugene Levy put out some talented kids, man. <laughs> I mean, he's a talented guy, too. Yeah. But I think he's an underrated funny guy. Me, too. Me he's too. he's the only good thing about that Steve Martin Queen Latifah movie. <laughs> you got me straight tripping, boo. <laughs> that and that and when she picks when Queen Latifah picks that one girl up and hangs around that coat rack or whatever, like that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and she just muscles that little white girl up on that rack, like hook. That 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 was funny. But other than that, it's like this is a terrible Steve Martin movie. Eugene Levy pops, man. He's great. Now. <laughs> He's like, you're fine, brown sugar. He was never on SNL, was he? Nope, he was on SCTV. I know he was on there, but I know a lot of people went from there to there to, to SNL, but I, didn't, I couldn't remember if he was one of them or not because I was looking at the rosters of old SNLs. So I was like, I thought that might be a good idea too. Like, what's your favorite SNL roster? What's your least favorite? And I was like, I didn't, I didn't look through all of them, but I was like, I figured I would have seen him at least once because there's some guys you didn't realize that there's some guys and guys you didn't realize they were on that show. Yeah, there was a dark period, man. Like between like '85 and '90, Robert like, Robert Downey Jr. was on there. Yeah. Yeah, it was like this is bad. What's and Anthony Michael doing? If, if you watch it, because I I've uh, at least a couple of times I've watched at least the eras that I like on Peacock because they have them all on Peacock. Yeah. They have the musical performances cut out and stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, you get through that season, and then it's like, you know, it's funny. The first time you realize, as you, if you watch through that kind of dark time. And then you just kind of see Phil Hartman show up, right? 
And then the, the, the sketch, to me, the sketch where you know that the show's back. I don't know why, but it's Dana Carvey and Chop and Broccoli. Yeah. And that, I know we're not. <laughs> like they're back. They're back. I know, not, I know we're not talking about SNL on this, but like that was that where they pushed Laura Michaels out, mm-hmm. and like it's kind it's kind of like wrestling. Like SNL was being run by comedians and comedically minded people, and then they pushed Laura Michaels out, and then a network tried to run a sketch comedy show. And it's like that's not gonna work because you mm-hmm. don't know what's funny, you know. Um, like I, I was listening to a podcast the other day about a uh, couple comedians do, and they talked about that with booking comedy clubs. Like they're like, so, like the nightlies, like some of the nicest people try to book comedy clubs, and it's like you don't know what you're doing. Like, <laughs> like they're just gonna take all your money, and or you know, it's like, or if you like, if you want to own the club, that's fine, but get somebody that's in the comedy business to book your people and come yeah. up with your stuff. You know, but anyway, I don't know why so, we got into that, but we'll go on to your was next on your list. I said chop. Anyway, <laughs> um, you did a. I only have one comedy on my list, and you just did one, so I'll do a non-comedy. Um, okay. and it's Deadwood. I have never watched Deadwood. You need to watch Deadwood. It's only three seasons, and then there's a movie that they made much later, but it is, um. And I say this because, like, I don't know exactly how it was, but I think it's the greatest depiction of what life was like in the old West than any Western I've ever any Western I've ever seen. And like Western movies, they don't give you enough time, you know, and like obviously to show you like life in the old West or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not it, it. Like, I love Lonesome Dove. Okay, it's one. Of, it's like my favorite miniseries of all time, but. It's the old West, but it's clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. This movie, this show is not at all. Like it's fuck this, fuck that. Uh, violent. It's just like, it's muddy. It's, it, it just shows you what life would have been like back then. Like you watch Westerns, like with like back in the, back in like the John Wayne days or whatever. Everybody's, it, it's cool, but everybody's like clean and their hair is wholesome. Combed. They're wholesome. <laughs> Yeah, like, like he's got like his hair parted and this that and other thing. It's not this show, man. It's just it's gritty. It's it's there's not a lot of humor in it at all. Uh, they don't really hold back on any of the writing with like the mm-hmm. how racism and shit like that used to be back then. It, it's just it's a fantastic fucking show. And Tim is the uh, he's the old fan. He's the main character in it. So you know it's gonna be good right off the rip from that, but it's just like every character's great, and it didn't really get an ending because it cost a lot to make. And then when Tim got up there in Hollywood and was able to like you know do things on his own, he made that movie happen. And mm-hmm. uh, there's just a ton of people in it too, and it's it's just a really really good show. And you need to go out. You have HBO Max, so just watch it on HBO Max. You don't even have to pay for it. It's fucking great. You said three seasons, so you don't even have to invest a lot of time in it. It's just a great fucking show. Well, I will definitely check it out. It's actually on my list of stuff to check out. The writer, really the creator is. of it, said something funny too because they 
talked to him about it and they said you got a lot of f-bombs and everything in that show and he goes i know and he was like reading things about the old west and everything like that he's like fuck wasn't even like uh like it wasn't even used as much as it was in the show but like he's like i didn't want a bunch of people like walking around talking like yosemite sam (laughs) it's <laughs> like, like people would have laughed at it you know right but it's, it's just a great fucking show i'll just go with i'll just go with my next comedy and actually this one i don't know if we have to expound on it too much because i think we might have actually talked at length about this show a few episodes back when we talked about something else but it is one of my five favorite tv shows of all time it's my favorite animated series of all time and it's king of the hill i would put king of the hill King of the Hill up against any other animated series ever created. I don't care. I don't care how much. And and people can like what they like, but I would say it's better than The Simpsons. It's better than Family Guy. It's better than Futurama. It's better than any other animated series ever. It is. And I put that on my side list because, like I said, there was a few shows that um, I knew you were going to have on there. Um, And... That's why I didn't put it on my list because I was like, I'm not taking that from Nate. It is the greatest. That show is such a great animated series. This might sound stupid, but sometimes I don't even think of it as an animated series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's just, there's, we've talked about it about Shit's Creek. There's not a bad character on the show. Even the side characters are fucking funny. And they, they give, they give side characters, attention you know what i mean and give them little gimmicks that they have and mm-hmm. every character on it's funny and um you work for jimmy now <laughs> yeah fucking cotton he's great and like like even his character you could be like oh he's not very redeemable he's mean to hank it's like that, his character doesn't hate hank that's just how he was brought up the like you know what i mean like that age you create yeah. of a, of a parent that's how you were supposed to raise your kids you know what i mean even though Not, even though he's even right. though he te- even though he teaches bobby bad behavior he's a great grandpa he wants to spend time yeah. with his grandson all the time, yeah <laughs> and like hank he's fuck like his character is so fucking funny and has one of my favorite lines ever is in that Halloween episode when she's quoting the Bible at him and he's like, get out of my house, Exodus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite fucking lines ever in a show. And and I keep feeling like I'm over talking to you on your shit. But Peggy, my favorite thing she ever did was when Lucky shows up for the first time and she's like, don't have the whispery mustache. Don't have a whispery mustache. And he turns around, ah, oh, got a whispery mustache. <laughs> She's the heel in that show. Yeah. Peggy. Peggy's so she's so fucking full of herself. Like when I no, like when you watch the show through like the 20th time, like I have, like you're like, man, Peggy Hill's kind of a piece of shit. She's a (laughs) she's a she's an arrogant, she's all about herself. Like everything's about Peggy, Peggy, Peggy. It's even (laughs) Spapeggy and meatballs. I like that when she's like, not even Spapeggy and meatballs. He's like, Well, I like it, but it's just noodles with sauce <laughs> he's like trying to let her down gently but it's like it's just spaghetti 
when when he's describing the uh, the boy band show or whatever, and they like they see him dancing. Yeah. He's just like getting it. <laughs> They're like, what is going on over there? I got Hank. <laughs> when he gets his new butt or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the show is so fucking funny. John Redcorn was the, what are they, chocolate mountain fudge cake or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't, you don't get much. And I know everybody loves Bill or whatever, but I don't think you get much better than fucking Dale, his character. I don't know what they're going to do with that because they said they're bringing it back. I, yeah, I don't know if that dude recorded. I don't know how far they were into recording before the strike and stuff happened. So I'm actually not sure what's up with that. I don't want anybody else to do Dale's voice other than that guy. And then, I mean, Stephen Root, he's still alive. So obviously Bill will live on. But it's just, it, it, it's such a great fucking show. Like I said, there's not a bad character on the entire thing. What's next on your list? Uh, I'll go. I'll go with my comedy, and it is uh, Chappelle Show. All right, I can watch the Chappelle Show as many times as I want, and I will still laugh. And it has some of my favorite <clears throat> sketches of all time on it, and it was never bad. And um, it came out when I was like in my middle teens or whatever. So it was like, I think that's when, when a con like a comedy like that, it's like, that was our guy. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like he went, to, SNL was starting to become like, you know, the corporate or whatever, you know what I mean? And, and mad TV kind of tried to knock SNL on their ear, but they didn't do it near as well as fucking Chappelle did. And, him and Brennan and, and all his writers, they were, I think they were top notch above everybody else. And it was a fucking show that it would do like the silliest goddamn thing, but it would make you think too. Yeah. There's not a lot of sketch comedy that does that. Like who thinks, Oh, let's have a black white supremacist. That's blind and doesn't know that he's black. And this is what, this that's is why I, how we're going to introduce ourselves to each every to the world is here's the black white supremacist. That's that, and the, the, that is why that is why I always compare because you know who would come up with who would have come up with that Mel Brooks, George Carlin, or Richard Pryor. That's who would have come up with it. And that's why I always say, like Chappelle, he's one of those guys when I talk about comedians. A lot of times when people ask me who are your favorite, he's one of those few that I don't bring up as a comedian because it's almost like calling him a comedian is is a downgrade, like yeah. a Carlin or a Pryor. You know, just those those guys that are just or Mel Brooks is a writer and an actor and stuff. Those guys that are just up in this air where you're like, that's a fucking given. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, you know. Anyway. How many other, like, I've heard multiple comedians on shows and stuff saying they went to see Dave or something that Dave was at, and they were like, oh, no. I'm not, I'm not gonna go back and see Dave. Like, no. It, you know, it's like comedians are like wrestlers, where if there's a show, they just feel free to go back there and talk to everybody, you know what I mean? Because like, we're all on the same level, and these other comedians are like, nah. I'm not gonna bother Dave. Like, no. But yeah. just, uh, like, 
that show was so fucking great and Dude. even like the even like the um throwaway skits were better than anybody else they have this one where um it's like tupac <laughs> and dave's doing tupac's voice obviously but it's like like you know like when tupac died he kept releasing music yeah People thought he was still alive because, like, the music was like relevant to what was going on in the world at this point. But he was just rapping kind of about broad subjects. Well, there's this skit where the rap stop, the song starts, and he is rapping about things that are going on in the club <laughs> as it's happening. And it's just like it, it might sound stupid, like des- describing it, but when you watch it, you're like, this is fucking genius and like i know i know it wasn't all him um brennan was the main contributor to it too but it's just the black white supremacist the n-word family um the player haters club um um copy that or whatever uh just the, the fucking race racial draft is one of the mm-hmm. funniest things i've ever fucking seen in my life like <laughs> The, the 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 Chinese people, the Chinese contingent, they're like, we uh we draft the Wu Tang clan and like Wu Tang clan's Chinese now and they're like Kanichiwa bitches and shit like that. And it's like actually Wu Tang clan. It's like it's great shit. And something else that he would do was at the end of it, he'd he'd have an artist on there, like a rap artist or whatever that he wanted to get attention to like Kanye West. You wouldn't have Kanye West as big as he is now, if it wouldn't have been for Chappelle, Chappelle put him on his fucking show and got him over, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, just, it, it's a great fucking show. And I can't talk about a lot of the skits on it just cause I it's not some words that I want to use on a podcast, but it, it, it like I said, it, it, it wasn't a show where, how do I say it? Like, you don't have to be from the African-American culture to like it, you know, or to understand the jokes. You don't have to be from the city or have a city upbringing to like it. It's just, it, I, I I don't, I've met people before. They were like, I didn't like the Chappelle show. It's like, how do you not like the fucking Chappelle show? It's the greatest fucking thing that Comedy Central ever made. And it's the greatest sketch comedy show ever. It's fucking great. All right, so my next show and the next three are probably I don't know if the I, I know a couple of them might be on your list. I don't know. We'll see. Because you get you get to nut cutting time and it's like, man, these you can't deny these shows. Yeah. The next one on my list that I know is on your list is Breaking Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad changed television. I'm just putting that out there. It changed the way television's made it it's changed it changed the way it's it's it changed the way it's released everything like um i don't think netflix would have been as successful as it was without fucking breaking bad you know what i mean because they were mm-hmm. they they'd still really they'd still release it on tv but they just dump it on netflix you know what i mean and because not everybody it was a it was a weird time where not everybody had streaming internet this that you, you know what i mean Right. And it was when Netflix first started doing the streaming shit. Breaking Bad was like their thing. And I think it just recently got taken away from them. But it just, 
it's it's one of the greatest fucking stories ever told on television too and it's violent as shit it's but it's still funny like there's still funny shit that happens on it and mm-hmm. like it'll be something violent but it'll still be funny you know <laughs> yes. and if that makes sense cuz it's like the fish out of water story of walter being with these people and it's insane like his character is is fantastic we talk like, about we talked about earlier about the, with the comedy show of Shit's Creek with with character development, the character development of those characters on on that show, especially Walter. Yeah, because like by it, the end it, of the show, by the end of the show, asshole. By the end of the show, yeah, he's a bastard. By the end of the show, yes, and an uncaring son of a bitch, and um. The only thing, I mean, the only thing he cares about by the end of his show is his kids. I don't even think he cares about his wife by the end of it. And, um, and it's just, I mean, the pizza on the roof is one of the funniest things that's ever been on television, ever. <laughs> yes. He gets so frustrated with things that pizza, and that pizza lands right up on the roof. And I watched the fucking documentary about Breaking Bad, and Brian Cranston did that in one shot. You know that? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he flung that fucking pizza and landed up on that roof and they were like, that's it. Like we're not we're not even gonna do it again. It ain't gonna get any better than that. And it's just it's a great fucking story. Um all the side characters are good. Um, when um a lot of times in shows, like when a character bites it or whatever, I'm just like, okay, that character's gone now. But like, you feel it when Hank dies. You're like, God damn it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's got um, the the ending's fantastic. And I just, it's just and great. also another attribute to that show and a, and a testament to the characters and the writing of that show is very rarely, and I'm not saying they're all always bad, but very rarely does a show have a spinoff that is pretty much just as amazing as the original and better call Saul is probably oh, great. the great. It's the greatest spinoff in TV history. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's just, that's really great. And it, um, I didn't like the Pinkman movie very much, but I just like TV wise, I don't think you get much better than it. And um, I like like I said, it's just it's just a show that I can go back and I can rewatch it, and not every month or whatever. But there'll be like a year will go by or whatever. And I'm like, uh, everything I'm watching's done. So I'm like, well, I'll put in Breaking Bad. And like I said, Cranks Brian Cranston's great. Um, have you ever watched Your Honor? No. On HBO Max? Just, no. I just started watching it. It's really good. Just kind of a side note. I mean, it obviously has nothing to do with Breaking Bad, but it's a great show. And um, like I said, I think it's one of the best told stories in television history. And Gus is one of the greatest heels in television history. Oh, yeah. It goes out exactly how he should. Yep. <laughs> I love for like a minute when he walks out of that room, you're like, Man, if anybody would have walked out of the room blowing up like that, nothing happened to him. It'd be Gus, and then they yeah. And over like, holy shit! <laughs> That's the thing about that show, too, man. There's not a lot of shows 
where I'm sitting in my house and I just go, holy shit. But Saul does it when they kill when they kill Howard at the end, you know, when mm-hmm. they shoot him and he hits his head off that fucking table. I was like, oh my God, I did not see that coming. <laughs> um, but Breaking Bad, like, and it's not even just one every season. Like, there will be multiple times in multiple seasons where you're like, holy shit. Like when he runs over the when he runs over the gangbangers with his fucking hatchback or whatever, and then he's like, yeah. run. And Pinkman's just staring at it like, holy shit, you know. And it's got one of my favorite shootout scenes ever is when Hank's in that in that supermarket parking lot and he's shooting it out with the twins. It's just like I might end up having to watch it again. But <laughs> like I said, there's never been a show where it, more where I where I've just been like, holy shit! And it's a fantastic show. I like when he beats the shit out of those guys in the fucking clothing store for making fun of his kid. It's just like it's all of it's good. Yes, it is. It has one, one of my favorite has one of my favorite insults that I've ever heard somebody say to another person. And we worked with this guy, and he had like 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 a scruffy white beard or like grayish white beard. His hair is all unkempt and stuff like that. And he said something to this guy, um, Adam, that I used to work with. He said something rude to him or whatever, and he just ran. The Adam guy was just like. You look like Walter White when everything went wrong. That's fucking funny. I was the only person that laughed, and I was like, that's a great fucking insightful joke. Like at that moment, he looked at that guy and was like, You look like Walter White at the end. Like <laughs> so he just told him you look like Walter White when everything went wrong. <laughs> well, what you got next? Uh it's going to be on both of our lists, so I might as well just say it. Uh, justified. I don't know Actually, justified, justified isn't on my top five. It's on my honorable mentions. Okay. But yeah, Justified, and we got to get back into doing our show now that your wedding stuff's all done and everything. Not your wedding, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a great fucking show, and obviously I think it's a great fucking show. It wouldn't be on my top five list. But it's kind of like what I was saying with Breaking Bad, where it tells a great story and from beginning to end. And it's just, it, like I said, it, it's, I don't, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's almost the, way, the same way I describe breaking bad where, I mean, it's not like Holy shit moments every episode, but at least once a season you get a Holy shit moment and it's just, it's a great fucking story and it ends the way it's, that's the main, that's one of the main things with me for a show. It's got to end the way it's supposed to fucking end. Like I've watched shows before where I'm like, this show's fantastic. And then it ends. And I'm like, that is, that ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not, not necessarily saying I'll never watch this show again, but like I watch, I love Dexter, but Dexter ended horribly. Just stupid fucking ending. And, um, the only show that's ever done an ending where I'm like, okay, I get that is, going to be one that's probably on your list so i won't talk about it right now but but justified has a great beginning it's got a great middle it's got a great end every character is great and 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 like aaron said if you want to hear our in-depth opinions on the show listen to the justicast as we're going through every episode of justified so i'll go with um because i i obviously i know what you're going to say like, how many do you have left on your five? I have one. 
Okay, and I know what it's going to be. So I will save that one. I will save that one for you. My number one favorite television show of all time is The West Wing. The West Wing, in my opinion, is the greatest the greatest television show ever made. It's the greatest television show ever written. It's the greatest television show ever acted. It's my favorite TV show. It's it's literally The West Wing gets watched in my house two to three times a year all the way through. It was in my honorable mentions because I knew it would be on your list. And um, it is a very well, I should say, it is a very well-written show. It is a tremendously written show. And um, there's only one small gripe that I have with it, and it's not even an important thing. And I think it was even, I think it even came that way because I think... um, um, Aaron Sorkin wasn't even in charge of it anymore. Yeah, he leaves. He left after season four. I just think like the only gripe I have is there's like a scene in that show that's like completely out of place, and it's when I when I saw it, I was like, this show's got to end soon, or it's gonna be bad. Um, it's when they do like uh, Jimmy Smith's character with Santos or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's on the campaign trail and they do like a mashup to big old jet airliner from Steve Miller band. I'm like, that is not what is the show is supposed <laughs> to be doing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, this is completely out of place. It's like more random than when the shield ended and they did like a happy go lucky montage at the end of all the shitty things that they did on the shield. I'm like what is happening? <laughs> yeah, when they did big old jet airliner, I'm like, this show better not go into like Santos as president now because they're gonna turn it into a fucking typical goddamn ABC drama. I think it was on ABC, wasn't it? NBC. NBC. They're gonna turn this into a fucking NBC drama or something. And but, they, yeah. they and I, I will make a statement, and this is a me statement. Again, art is subjective. There's gonna be people out there that go. No, sir, it was this episode of this show. To me, the finest episode of any television show ever is the episode of West Wing called Two Cathedrals. It's, it's the best the fi- acted scene. It's the best acted scene in television history. It's yes, and it's it's that's my yes. That that well that I guess two cathedrals and the show, the episode before it, or I should say the episode right after it, anyway, are it's like my favorite two episodes of television. Yeah, that's Ever. the one where he yells at God in church or whatever. Yes, and then they, they do, do the, the they do the fla- they do the flashbacks to him meeting Mrs. Landingham, and, and she's she like, was only on, she was only on that show for like two seasons. You don't even yeah. realize it. That's how fucking impactful her character was, and um, it's just a great fucking show. And like I said, that that the only then the only gripe you have is a season is a is a is a scene from like the last season of the show. <laughs> when the guy that created it isn't even in charge anymore, it's like, yeah, I'll get, but yeah, big old jet airliner or whatever. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? But it, it great cast, and even like I said, I keep saying it because I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of secondary characters for some reason. The secondary characters on that show are great, and the interaction they have with them, and like the fucking uh, British guy. You're a bigger fan of it than I. Like you're smarter oh. than so you remember all the people, but Lord Marbury, Lord Gerald, and how, Gerald, and how, yeah, and how he, how fucking he calls 
he, he's convinced Leo's name is Gerald. Yeah, and Leo hates him. <laughs> but he doesn't hate him, but he just thinks he's annoying. When he uh, they mention him, he's like, oh, God. Oh, here comes this guy, you know. And um, um, John Larroquette, his secondary character, he's fantastic on there. Uh, uh, I, there's just a lot of great fucking characters on that show, and it's well written. Um, I just I enjoy it. I'm not, and I'm not even a big political person. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. still a great fucking show. And I've heard people be like, "What's well, pretentious?" And it's this. It's like you just think it's pretentious because it's smart. Like that's the other problem with television is if you make too smart of a show, it's not going to last very long. Well, that's pathetic. One of my favorite little scenes in that show that, um, and that show that always gets me is uh, when Brolin plays. He's playing the Republican nominee for president, and they just had that mass shooting or whatever. No, and, uh, the the um, Mark Harmon's character gets shot in the gas in that convenience store. Yeah, well, but there's also there's also been like they're talking about a shooting too. Oh yeah. And yeah, he's like, guns, man. I don't know. I don't know. And then later on, later on, after they have the debate, Bartlett's like, hey, guns, man. Or no, he's when he leaves that room, he's like, just remember, yeah, just just remember when I beat you in the election, guns, man. I don't know. That's when I decided to kick your ass. Um, but yeah, like when he walks in the rain to go decide that he's going to be president, like he's going to rerun or he's going to run again. Um, I like the episode where he walks to, um, um, what you walk to the Capitol or something. Yeah. Like he gets out of his limo and walks there. It's just, it's a great fucking show. And like I said, people are like, Oh, it's pretentious. It's like, no, it's a show about that's how you would want the president to be. We'll never have a president like that. Unfortunately, but that's how you would want your president to be. Mm-hmm. I always hate the term of "I want my president to be a guy I would want to drink a beer with." I'll like, tell you one to, thing: people want to drink a beer with me. You think they want? You think I want me to be the president? You know? You know what I'm I, saying? Yeah, I tell you one thing: I watched that show a lot during the last administration. But anyway, um, so what you got next? You got one left. I think I know what it might be. Do you want to guess? See if you're right. Is it the Sopranos? No. No. Well, hell, it hell, is Mad people. Men. Okay, Mad, Mad Men. Men is on. Mad Men is on my honorable mention list. Mad Men is my favorite show ever. I love that fucking show. And um, Sopranos is the close that I didn't put it on there because I thought Arch was going to be on here, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to trump him, but it, 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 it still would. Sopranos still wouldn't have been number one. It wouldn't have been over Mad Men. I love Mad Men for one. I love that period of time. Like that time of that time interests me. Um especially like I know we're not a political show, but like a lot of times when people on now will have like like marches and be like dumb this or on that. It's like go back to like pre-70s and, and see what those people went through. You know what I mean? So you, you're, you're, it's nothing compared to that. Um, 
it's just a fan. It's just an interesting time to me. Like shit was starting to like become like TV hadn't even been out that long, you know? And I like the sets are cool. And I just like, I just like the show and there's not really the only, the only thing I'll say about it. And it's like, it's not even a negative because it's like that in life. There's not really a good person on the show. <laughs> I mean, uh, you've watched it, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the only the only person that's actually decent is Ken Cosgrove. And he's just, he's just surrounded by these fucking people and he, he can't make any money writing. The only way he can make money writing is by writing copy and coming up with ideas because he can't get, he can't make any money as an author, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, he's just surrounded by all these people and he ends up getting shot in the eye. (laughs) But yeah. Um, everybody's just kind of a jerk on the show, but it's also, they're also redeeming in a lot of ways too. And I just think it's a, I think it's a fantastically written show. It's got a bunch of characters. It's got a bunch of great dialogue. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you're probably gonna tell me I'm wrong, but it's kind of like the West wing where it's, it's a shitload of characters and yeah, they, there might not even be like there might be a character that you don't even see for like seven episodes and they pop up and they got a little angle on the show and it's just it and like I said it ended great. Um I love a show with a good fucking ending and, and one of my favorite things is when they kick him out, they kick Don out, you know, because he's a he's a he deserved to get kicked out, but like he's he has a great character development too, because at first like the drinking and the womanizing and all that, that's, that that's supposed to be endearing to it. And then the more he gets into it, the harder his life gets and he's sleeping all the fucking time. But anyway, um, they kick him out and they show you his backstory or whatever, where he lived in a whorehouse and this, that and anything. And he takes his kids and show them like, they've thrown him out, but he's made the, de- he's made the decision. He's going to come back. But he takes his kids to his old house and they're standing in front of it and they're like, dad, what is this? And he's like, this is where I'm from. This is where I came from. You know? And it's like, it's, it's like a way of showing like these people like, like Sterling and everything. They have, they've always had money. It's like, I came from this fucking place. I'm not going to let these fucking people hold me down. Like, like his character for the longest time forgot where he came from, you know, cause he, mm-hmm. cause he basically, um, took another guy's identity and wanted to forget about it. But it's like this character had to like come back and think, okay, you know, I got to remember what I, I got to remember what I did. I got to remember how I got here. I know, I know I'm rambling or whatever, but it's just his, the story is fantastic and just everything about it's great. And, and it looks cool. Like one of my favorite things ever is when he's supposed to go get the cake for his, like he's, I was just going out. I, I was just going to say that's like my one of my favorite episodes of that show, hands down. Like he's he's got to build that how that dollhouse or whatever, and he's drinking beers before it even starts. And then they're like, go get the cake. And then he's supposed to go get the cake, but then he just keeps on driving. And then he's just eating a cake, looking at the ocean, eating his cake. It's fucking great. But anyway, Mad Men. Yeah, I agree. Great TV show. The next show, I mentioned it before. If you want to hear my extended opinions of it, there's another podcast you listen to. Listen to me and Archie on the Soprano cast. I'm going to bring up the Sopranos. And Aaron, your thoughts 
on the Sopranos. Cause like I said, I I'm going into depth on it on the podcast, so I don't want to beat any of my horses to death, but. Um, when I said like breaking bad was a show that changed television. Um, I meant in the fact that it was a show that changed it in the modern of like streaming wise and things like that. But that show legitimately changed television. Like, talking about like a madman or a breaking bad or deadwood a lot of these shows you wouldn't have it if it wasn't for the sopranos and um i don't know how much you guys talk about like the history of it or whatever but it was crazy how how it got to be what it was because mm-hmm. they wanted it to go on fox so imagine how bad that would have they were probably still would have been good but imagine it on fucking basic cable television not gonna work um then he tried to sell it as a movie where it was just like about tony and his mom and just it, and nobody wanted to bite on it for some reason it finally did and just it, it's it's a show it's a show that i can watch i can go back and watch the whole thing it's also a great show because you'll watch it and you'll find shit all the time that you missed yep you know and it's another show where it's like yeah there's not really any good people on this show, but like, like Bobby, he's, he's all right, you know, as a dude, but most he's of them are, ten, yeah. He's, yeah, but, um, I just, like I said, there's, it, it's a show where you got to get past the fact that none of these people are very redeeming, but they're all great fucking characters. And yes, I hate when people complain about the end, people bitch about that. I do too. I, Which I, again, I, yeah. they've come out and said now that he actually did get shot. But it's like, what's his name? David Chase. That's who created mm-hmm. it, right? That was his thing. He was like, why would you want, like, he's like, I ended it like that because, like, you've watched this guy for what was it, seven seasons? Eight. Eight seasons? It was, was it, I think it was, it was either seven or eight. I can't remember off the top of my head. He's like, you've been watching this guy for seven or eight seasons and you want to see him dead? Like, that's the last scene you want to see? Is like him all dead? It's like, whatever. Right. Like, the only two people I don't think they ever showed, like, their actual death were Tony and uh, um, Adriana. Everybody else died on camera. Yeah. yeah. But it's a... I guess she was a good person. Her character wasn't really bad. I think. Nah, she had some bad moments, but they all did. It's the It's the lifestyle. But... Yeah, The Sopranos is a fucking fantastic show. And like I said, listen to the Soprano cast with me and Arch to hear my in-depth thoughts on each and every episode of the show as we go through it episode by episode. So real quick, I just want to give, because I have a couple more honorable mentions here, because you mentioned Justified, you mentioned Mad Men, and these are just other shows that I would recommend as my favorite shows that if I was going to tell somebody you should watch these shows, these would be some of the others. Uh, One that I wrote down, if you have not watched it, um, Succession is fantastic. I haven't seen that, no? Yes, Succession on HBO Max is fantastic. It was actually Succession was a show that I did not watch because I I had heard it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. And I didn't watch it for like it's, it's when it first came out or its original run at all. 
I watched it after the entire show was over because I was like, ah, I need something to watch. I'll check out the succession thing. I'll check out an episode, see if I like it an episode or two. And then I wound up like binging the whole season, first season in a day. I got addicted to the fucking show quick as shit. The acting's great. The story's great. It definitely suggests succession. I also suggest a show, if you have not ever seen it, folks, called Firefly. I've never seen Firefly. Is it on only one season? Firefly is uh, two... it's like a season and a half, I guess. Is okay. the, and then they, they, that was another show that didn't get a proper ending. So then when Joss Whedon was able to get his stroke going, he actually made a movie called Serenity, Serenity to end it all. But it is literally, if you like science fiction or you like Westerns, you'll like Firefly because it is essentially a sci-fi Western. Um, and it's a really good show. And then the last show that I'll mention... Aaron knows how much I love this show live on tape. It is the Larry Sanders show. I love the fucking Larry Sanders show. I do too. And I almost put it on my list, but I'm like, ah, it's like, I knew you said with the TV thing, it's like, we're going to end up doing like genres or whatever. I was like, I'm going to leave that for my, my comedy genre. Yeah. That's Uh, what I said with that. I won't get too too in depth because I'm sure when we go through comedy shows, we'll bring it up, but yeah. What a fucking show. What a great um, show. And I do have, I kind of did like you did with the honorable mentions. But I got four and I'll just breeze through them real quick. Um, it's kind of related to West Wing. I mean, not, but same guy. I love Newsroom. I think that's oh, a yeah. fantastic show. Yeah. Um, it, so sports night. Yeah. It's a great fucking show. Um, then, um, this is a comedy, and I really, 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 really think it's one of the funniest shows that's ever been made, and it's 30 Rock. 30 Rock is fucking fantastic. <laughs> and I think Tina Fey is one of the funniest fucking writers that's ever existed. And um, She was the last um, great SNL head writer. Mulaney did okay, but he didn't get enough time. But Tina Fey, man... That's funny shit, and I don't know if you ever watched 30 Rock, but yeah. that show is fucking great. And then um, another show, and I... 30 Rock's weird, actually, now that you mention it. You know what 30 Rock is? 30 Rock is a show that I watched when it originally aired and enjoyed it, and I've never gone back and watched it again. So I might go oh, back and watch to... it again. Plus, it's got Tracy Morgan on it, and he's one of my favorite people, man. He's fucking great. He got hit by that Walmart truck. I thought I thought he when he said he was going to sue. I'm like, oh man, Tracy Morgan's got on Walmart. That <laughs> happened. Um, anyway, um, the next one is I don't know if it's considered considered a I don't know if you consider it a comedy or not. So you can tell me because you've watched it, and I, it's the most recent show I think we've talked about, and it's uh, Mighty Gemstones. Or the Righteous Gemstones. I don't want to say Mighty. The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, Righteous Gemstones is definitely a comedy. It's okay. a dark comedy. It's a dark right. comedy, but it's a comedy. Okay, I just think it's fucking great. Um, I don't. I don't know why I said Mighty. I think I looked at mid. I looked. I looked at midnight. And for some reason, that. Anyway, um, I think that's the most recent show we've talked about. And if you guys out there have not watched it, you owe it to yourself to go and watch it. It's fucking funny. It's dark. It's just, it doesn't, it's a show that doesn't give a shit. 
like I, and it's a, that's a show there there are some shows that i i enjoy i enjoy watching them so much that i i will wait until the season's over to watch it because I don't want to have to wait until the next week to watch an episode. Right. I want to be able to watch it all at once. Because sometimes Aaron will be like, have you watched the new season of this yet? No, I'm waiting for the season to be over. I guess I'm just more patient. But I'm like, I want to be able to watch it all. I don't want to have to wait till next week for the next episode. And, and on, a, on a side note, the shoe, at, the shoe scene is funny. <laughs> in this last season. Like, it's fucking yeah. hilarious. But that goddamn hologram with DMX morphing in, like their mom morphing in a DMX, and I also everything is fucking, it's bananas. Like this is like this is in, this is, it's the most slapstick thing they've ever done on the show. But it's just fucking crazy. And then like the Annans have like tongue like karate chopping her in the neck. It's like what the fuck is going on? The the sheer yeah. immensity, the sheer immensity of that explosion got me too. Yeah. I guess I just like it was just I didn't expect they just made it like the biggest fucking like explosion. He, the, the the one at the store when he drives it away to save when everybody. he when he drives away to save everybody. Yeah. I mean they're both huge, but yeah, he drives <laughs> away. It's like that that's what that show is though. They're man. all they're they're all just watching and it's just like this um and then he survives, which is even yeah, funnier. He lost his leg, but <laughs> like that, that show is man. It, I don't want to say it. It's bigger. It's bigger. Go home, man. Like, like it's balls to the wall. It's fucking violent. It's funny, and it's just it's fucking great. <clears throat> and then I have one more, and it's, it's I should have talked about gemstones last because it's gonna kind of be a letdown. But it's a I don't want to say it. You ever have that show where it's like this isn't the greatest show in the world, but I just like this show. Yes, and and it's gonna mean a lot, and you know, because you know me, I'm not like the biggest science fiction guy in the world, but it's it's hokey, it's completely unbelievable. They'll kill a character and then just bring it back, and it's it's falling skies. <laughs> I love that fucking show. I don't know why, yeah. and obviously, just, obviously, for the sake of talking about this, like we talk about stuff being. A different air obviously i didn't talk about all the fucking star wars tv shows i watch yeah but yeah yeah that's oh no funny. yeah that's what's funny because they're like they'll kill somebody to get a hook and then the next week they're like oh the alien brought it back it's it brought him back it's okay you it's know? okay it's like, yeah the show is ridiculous and <laughs> it's just i don't know i don't know what it is about it but i'm like for one, you can't be like, this is ridiculous. It's about fucking aliens coming back and taking over the planet and putting our kids into slave fucking labor with goddamn lobsters on their back or whatever. So it's like, it's it's like somebody saying wrestling's ridiculous. Right. You know, but I just think it's a funny, it's a fun show and it doesn't take itself too serious. And I just, I, I think it's a, it's a fun fucking show, I think. And it's I actually... Agree. It's actually well done too. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of science fiction stuff where you see it on TV, and it's just it either looks too fake for me. That's one thing. So another reason why I can't watch a lot of the the, the Marvel movies and stuff because it's like CGI or whatever. And they do have CGI on that show, but every episode's like a little mini movie, and I, I mm -hmm. like it. It's a, it's a science fiction show that doesn't beat you over the head that it's a science fiction show. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Well, that is that for this week's episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Next time around, we'll be watching the uh, the Stan Hansen and Noki match from Stampede Wrestling that Aaron suggested. And we'll have another top five for you as well. Aaron, do you have you any guys, party? Oh. I was just going to say, um, for you guys that are listening, if you like the new format, let us know. If you don't like the new format, let us know. And if you ever have any um, lists that you'd like us to like talk about, like, hey, you know, we want the guys to tell us their top five, whatever, just feel free to suggest it. We're not too pretentious to answer back either. So you can either message it right. to us, post it, whatever. Just, just let us know. Absolutely. So we're going to sign off now. We'll see you next time around, probably in another couple of weeks here for the next episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And like Aaron said, if you like what we're doing right now, let it, let me or Aaron or whoever know. If you don't like it, let us know too. We're up for suggestions. We'll see you next week or two weeks or whenever the hell we do another episode of the show. And of course, keep on listening to Reliving the Extreme as well. Thank you for all the support for that show and the other shows here on the WNR Podcast Network. Have a great week, everybody. Later, Kate.